Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. Today on the show, we have Coca Brew, which is the market's first caffeinated journalist coffee. Coca Brew is started by two UC Berkeley students, Ofec and George. Today on the show, we'll be talking about how George and Ofec started Coca Brew. We'll also be talking about their Indiegogo page and their future plans with Coca Brew. If you guys haven't done so, give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to stay connected, and we hope you enjoy the episode. My name's Adam Melamed, and welcome to The Pursuit. Whether you're outside getting some fresh air or hanging out with friends, get ready to be happier. Today on the show, we have Sawhill, George, and Ofec. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. We're super excited for this. Definitely. Sweet. So for those that don't know, you guys started the brand Coca Brew, and I wanted to bring you on to kind of talk about what's been like being young adults, college students that have started your own company and have done something really special with it. I know you guys recently had a Indiegogo launch, and it was very successful. I saw you guys reached over 300% of your goal. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. It was definitely a whirlwind to say the least. (laughs) Do you guys want to start with a little bit of background about who you are for the listeners? Yeah, definitely. We can just hop on and give kind of the backstory. So it all really started started back in fall of 2018. Ofeg and I were studying for finals at UC Berkeley, drinking coffee like a lot of college students. When we started to notice we were getting super jittery, anxious, and eventually just totally crashing. Yeah, and when that happened, we kind of talked to our friends, realized that a lot of them were feeling the same negative side effects. So we went to, you know, markets nearby to see if we can find a solution, really just for us to use during finals. And when we couldn't find anything there or online, we kind of realized, okay, let's try to do something. But we also realized that all the energy drinks and coffees that we could find in the markets were really unhealthy, a lot of sugars, a lot of calories, ingredients we could not pronounce. So that was kind of like the final straw for us saying, okay, let's try to create a healthy, jitterless coffee. That was obviously the easiest part of this entire journey, uh, just finding the problem. After that, we worked for five months on research and development, basically emailed any professors, any chemists, food scientists that would really help out, and eventually created our patent-pending blend of organic amino acids and nootropics. We add that into our coffee, and it eliminates the jitters, the crash, and the anxiety without eliminating any of the energy. Mm-hmm, exactly. And with this idea in mind, we just launched. We were still in, we were still in undergrad at UC Berkeley. And uh, so we start with just a table, sample cups and coffee on our main, on our main plaza, hand, just handing out samples, having a good time. And we ended up like developing this brand ambassador program. And we got to the point where we had 60 brand ambassadors at UC Berkeley. And this program was going super well because we, when we were designing it, we looked at what other companies were doing and kind of tried to capitalize on their inefficiencies. We made it as an insider, as college students to build an ambassador program. So we made it fun. We would throw parties. We'd have social events. We'd have pizza parties, bagel socials. Really, really focused on making it an experience rather than just a, a company per se. So once we realized it was, it was a success at UC Berkeley, we're like, wait, let's try and rep- replicate this at other schools. So we packed up our car, drove down to San Luis Obispo, and that's, that's where Sahil comes in. Yeah, so I com- kind of came into fall senior year. And I learned about it over summer. I met Ofec and George and, you know, here I had, had this product and no one knew about it on Slovis campus. And then kind of fall, we'd just go around literally with a small cooler lunchbox and would have coffee and every day would have sample cups and 
all my friends or anyone like professors would be like, Hey, do you want to try some coffee? I'm part of the startup. And that's how it kind of started spreading. And then once we hit the winter, we had like some ambassadors come on board. And then that's when we started tabling on Dexter and we were, you know, women in business conference and TEDx and just kind of got our really solid foundation and slow from there. Yeah. And I think around the same time, there was an article written on Sahel about Sahel's cooler with focus inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was for, a, it was Mustang News. It came out, they did a edition or a copy in fall, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, it kept on expanding. We're now basically have 114 student ambassadors across seven different California universities. Slow, UCSB, and Berkeley are our biggest. And yeah, now we just launched, like you mentioned, the Indiegogo. That was a big transition for us because we switched from the small glass bottles that we expanded with to eight ounce aluminum cans. And that was a big thing for us because it enables us to expand nationally. And yeah, we launched on day one. We were expecting to make a few thousand dollars. We ended up doing $26,000 just in the first day. And we wow. set actually the record for the highest crowdfunded beverage first day on Indiegogo or Kickstarter. So that was exciting. But yeah, now I guess here we are. That's basically... Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's day 12 of the campaigns. We still have 18 more days to go. I'm currently at $45,000 raised. So I'm hoping when this airs, uh, we get to look back and be like, wow, we are that low. <laughs> That's so sick. It's really cool hearing about how you started this and where you guys are now. But something I wanted to dive more into today was what was it like starting Coco Brew? What challenges did you guys face? And how did you guys figure out that that blend of coffee and making it so it's jitterless? You don't have to go too much into the, the patent or as far as making it jitterless, but what were the challenges you guys faced along the way? Yeah. So just kind of more context on, on OFEC and I, when we were starting this out, we really had no background in the CPG or coffee space. So we were total newcomers coming into this. Some of the experiences we did have is OPEC and I have ran multiple businesses together in the past. We sold muffins in high school. We've had various e-com shops. So we weren't necessarily newcomers. So we kind of had a general understanding of like ways to figure things out. And for the coffee spaces, really was just learning by doing. I mean, it was just nose to the grindstone for five months, calling people every day, just trying to figure out as much information as we could. Like for instance, like I got, I got really lucky in one of my classes, I had to write a research paper on supply chain. So I wrote it on coffee. And I, I got to research coffee for school and figure out like how we would best optimize our supply chain. So we were just total newcomers just trying to soak up everything like a sponge. When you're new, you have no idea what the hell you're doing. And that's everyone. If you, if you wait, you know, for the moment where you have all the answers, it's never going to come. At least that's what we've seen. And I mean, I remember when we first figured out our blend and we ran a double blind study on 148 students that really showed us that 88% of people felt none of the negative side effects. And that was big for us, but we still felt like, ooh, are we ready to really start selling this, to really start expanding? And we realized we're never going to, you know, that moment is never going to come when you're ready. So the next day went to the main plaza with a table, bottles, and started selling. And that's how it all started. It's really just taking action and not waiting. Yeah. And, and I remember the first day on Sproul when I handed out that first sample and the girl said no. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So that's how we're starting this out. Yeah. So... I guess talking a little bit more about that for initial rejection. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things is like we had to get, we got comfortable with very early on. It was just like not fearing rejection. I mean, the beverage space and kind of the CPG space as a whole, it's a lot of just trial by error. So like with us, like we knew that we were going to get a lot of rejection. So it was getting comfortable with people saying no and us in turn saying, awesome, no worries, have a great rest of your day and being able to learn from it. And like, we really were data driven and we, we would take certain approaches and figure out kind of what practices worked best. And, and just fine tuning until we kind of went down this like pinball arena of 
getting better. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, just bouncing off the sidewalls. Definitely. And I think that's something for the listeners to recognize is, you know, you got to learn how to accept failure and figure out the best way to come out of it. Because if you're taking failure and you just, you struggle with it and you don't know what to do, it's not going to come out with a positive outcome. So I think it's really cool how you guys really, you know, reflected on what you could have done better and look where you guys are today. So it's really cool to see. Yeah. And uh, I think one thing I would add was uh, on top of kind of just receiving that first rejection and kind of overcoming that it's, you know, when I came to slow, I had met these guys and we'd done this two week kind of campaign where I took bottles into the office I was working at for the summer and the reception was great. So like, I was like, immediately, I didn't really get that rejection. It was great. And I could see the vision, but when coming to slow, you know, I probably got 30, 40 no's in the first four or five days. And I was like, wow, like I can see this vision. The guys believe in this vision, but how come no one else can see it? But I think at the end of the day, like if you have that belief, like this is going to be something like you will overcome and you'll just kind of keep doing, doing, learn by doing, you know what they say. Definitely. And it sounds like for the most part, you guys have been marketing towards young adults, people in college or recent grads. How have you been able to convince people or persuade them to choose Coca Brew, other caffeine alternatives? What's been the the best marketing tactic you guys have utilized? I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is obviously the fact that we're genderless. Explaining mm-hmm. the science behind it, how it works. There's a lot of people we notice that you know feel those negative side effects. Uh, so that's obviously the biggest one. You know, no jitters, no crash. But except for that, we're fully vegan uh, and we're one of the healthiest coffees on the market. So we only have three grams of sugar and 90 calories where you know, a lot of our competitors have 300 calories, 40 grams of sugar. So we just made sure that the coffee we create not only tastes good, but also is actually good for you. I know the big thing for us was when we drank coffee that tastes good, let's say, uh, one of those canned coffees, we'd always feel guilty after. It kind of feels like you just ate a piece of chocolate. We just don't think coffee should be that way. You know, and we want to just make a coffee that's guilt-free, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I'm very curious to see where your, what your guys' future plans are because the product sounds like it's so unique compared to other caffeine alternatives or for at least for coffee. Where do you guys see yourself going with this once you finish your, your launch with Indiegogo? Yeah, so kind of our long-term vision of just like kind of the jitterless coffee space as a whole is, is we see this as being kind of like one of those big shifts in consumer behavior to the point where people are going to look at jitterless coffee, Quaker Root. And then they're going to look at traditional coffee and think to themselves, like, why would I choose traditional coffee that's loaded with sugars and calories? It's unhealthy. It's bad for me. It's unethically sourced. It's comparing apples to oranges. Like, it's going to be the point where jitterless coffee is the clear choice, and it's just unanimous among consumers. Exactly. That's kind of like our goal is why should people settle for coffee? And that makes them also feel those negative side effects when you can have a better solution. Mm-hmm. I think the the oat milk option is really cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to try it ordered a case of 12. So I'm excited when they come out. So I know you, you're like rebranding it in a sense with a new can. Can you tell us a little bit of what that process was like and some obstacles that you faced along the way? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was not easy. Well, I, I guess one side note that I think is important to, to talk about when, when we were first designing the original Quokka logo, that was one of the most difficult things for us. I can't tell you how many hours we spent on it saying like, it's not right this the circle colors aren't right it has looney tune vibes like we never could figure out the logo so when we were starting the process of rebranding both the logo and the form factor we were kind of scared at first because we're like please don't let it be another one of these processes that's just like never perfect we like to be as close to perfect as possible but what that ends up happening sometimes we spend so many so much time on minor details that it takes away from our overarching goals 
So it definitely was intimidating, especially because we didn't know the best way to do it. What we did is partner with a branding expert that's done very powerful brands in the past and has a resume of success. Just came to him, sat down, talked to him for four hours of what our long-term vision for the brand was, kind of what we felt it stood for. And also he just got a feel for us and what he produced was, I, I like to say, like us on a can. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit of what you mean by that? Just because it's for people that know us, the one thing that they say is that we are the embodiment of our, of our brand. I mean, like the Quoka brand is super like fun, energetic, outgoing, and just very high energy. And I think that's kind of how we all carry ourselves on the Quoka team. It's just like, we're fun loving people. We are very high energy. We love what we do. And I think that kind of reflects in our branding. And so I know you guys brought in Sawhill and you have a full team under Coca Brew. Can you tell us a little bit of how you guys created that team and I know you said you have over 100 ambassadors. I mean, that's pretty pretty amazing for recent college grads to have that big of an army, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty interesting what we've found there is every time we've tried, like we've seen someone and we're like, oh, that person is like a star. Let's try to like recruit them, at least for the most part. We've got that person on board and then they just were never lived up to the expectations and never really delivered what we would hope for them to, to do. But all the people that really now are in the, the main team on our executive team and really just kind of drive this company are people that found us and have bugged us to join the team. You know, with Sahel, he heard about Coca from the very beginning, only after like a few months. And he saw the idea and he was telling me like, I'm going to be a part of this. And I was like, okay. And he really tried. And I mean, like now obviously he's here with us as well as like our COO, Kevin Borg. And like a lot of people just really trying really hard to prove to us that they want to be part of the team where we didn't necessarily see the vision at the beginning that's the people that really make quokka and we kind of joke about it we're saying that we're really bad at recruiting people and we just kind of let people find us they really do the work you know in the marketing and sales and really just driving as much exposure as possible and then the right people kind of come to you and that's what we've noticed yeah like one, mm -hmm. of, one of the things we like to say is just like focus on creating a good brand and good people will come to you definitely if you had to describe Coca Brew's values in a few words, how would you how would you describe them? Why why are people coming to work for you? I mean, first of all, people see the vision, right, for a jitterless coffee for a new kind of coffee industry. So that's really important there. But except for that, it's also a very fun working environment. You know, like we work together probably like fourteen even more hours every single day. It doesn't feel like work all the time. You know, it's because we have fun doing it together, brainstorming and working on different things and. Keeping this like that lively culture is really what drives Quoka. Mm -hmm. And I think to summarize the brand in a few words is just like coffee that pushes you to become your happiest, best self. I would just add just being a part of it from the beginning. I think it's just a, a team of people who just want to build something bigger and better and just see the higher purpose, but also really put in the work on the small things that make up that, you know, hopefully end goal. Definitely. I think that's a, a good transition. I mean, you guys have been going at this for, you said since 2018, roughly, right? Yeah. So ideation started about in fall of 2018. It's been kind of a long journey. Yeah. And kind of looking back over those past two plus years, what would you say are some of the biggest takeaways you've gotten from starting Coca Brew and bringing Sawhill and others on? It was basically the end of 2018. So we're like at around a year and mm -hmm. a half now. But the biggest takeaways, I think this is actually really interesting. I think is being persistent and not letting whatever's happening around you change your emotions and the way you, I guess your motivation. Because here's like a few examples is, first of all, we're supposed to launch on Kickstarter. That was our big thing. 
basically five days before we're supposed to launch, Kickstarter sends us an email like, hey, sorry, you can't launch on our on our platform. We don't allow energy drinks. We shouldn't make any sense because we found 11 other coffees that launched there. So we were kind of confused. However, that's what happened. We've when also been working on the project for seven months. Yeah. Wow. Um, and saying like, okay, we need to launch in five days. What do we do? But instead of kind of like, getting i guess super flustered about that we just said okay what can we do now found indiegogo then we basically messaged like a lot of people on linkedin that are part of the company the ceo actually ended up responding to us they really liked the project we spoke with their head of sales they gave us an amazing deal basically told us that if we hit our twenty five thousand dollars raised they'll send an email blast about us which obviously has helped us to where we are now at uh, forty five thousand dollars in pre-sales but i think it kind of like everything happens for a reason you just don't necessarily see it because if you talk to us Five days before we launched the campaign where we didn't know what we were supposed to launch it on, we obviously would have told you that that's a bad thing. But at the end of the day, it worked out. And there's been so many different instances where this has happened. Literally, I mean, running your own business is uh, it's a roller coaster. Every week, something bad, something good. And you just have to kind of remain constant and not necessarily view a situation as good or bad, but just as part of the journey and keep on going. One of my main takeaways is just like believing in yourself and believing in what you're doing. This is by no, like what Ovik said, this is by no means an easy journey that's not linear either. There's so many ups and downs. There's so many things that appear bad on the surface, but actually turn out to be good. And so many things that appear good and actually turn out to be bad. So it's just believing in what you're doing, understanding that there's going to be bumps in the road. It's just about powering through them and just having fun with it as well. Because it's, if you don't enjoy what you do, like if you don't enjoy this journey, like if you're working on your startup or working on your company because you believe in it, if you're just driven by money, it's just not going to work. And it's going to take a toll on both your mental health and just like kind of you as a whole. Sahil, do you want to add your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would definitely agree with George. I think at the at the end of the day, it's you got to believe in yourself and you have to believe in the product and the vision and the company. I think just doing and just keep going at it. And even though someone says no, just finding a way to work around it and make things happen, literally, I think is just kind of the mentality that you have to have. Because like Ofex said, you know, it's a roller coaster. You have your ups, you have your downs, but at the end of the day, you know, you just keep going, you keep learning and you keep improving. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating that you guys were full-time college students working on the startup at the same time. So I just want to say congratulations. I don't know if I got a chance to say that, but it's, I mean, I hope you take some time to like appreciate and realize what you guys have done because it's, it's truly impactful on, on this community. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks means a lot it's easy to get caught up in the moment and not realize that like what we've done is like genuinely cool and i would have i would have looked up to myself two years ago three years ago (laughs) so for the the people that are listening and are interested in potentially starting their own business in the future what advice can you give to young adults that are either in school or have recently graduated or just are interested in starting their own company one of the things that we i think we both learned very early on is that we are not experts at this so I would recommend everyone to reach out to the industry that you wanted to go into, reach out to people that have kind of accomplished more than you and say like, Hey, I'm new to this industry. I want to learn. Like, can I hop on a phone call with you and really just focus on learning from people that have kind of come before you and have are a couple steps ahead of you. Because for us, like we, re- we realized very early on that we do not know how to work in the CPG coffee industry. So we started talking to other founders, hearing from them what they did and then kind of learning from it and, and, and doing what they did and avoiding what they did that failed. I would just add on just a lot of trial and error, trying new ideas, being creative. If it doesn't work, you know, find it, try another thing. 
but I think the biggest thing, yeah, just a lot of trial and error, trying new things and keep persisting. Sweet. Well, we really appreciate having you guys on the show. And for those that are listening, where can we find Coco Brew? You can check us out on Indiegogo. Just look up, go to Indiegogo.com and then just look up Quokka Brew. Well, you'll probably be able to find us somewhere on there. Our website, Quokabrew.com, and then all of our socials that are just Quokka, Quokka Brew. You can just, it's just first name, Georgia Quokka Brew, Sahela Quokka Brew, Ofeka Quokka Brew.com. And also just for spelling, I'm not sure. If, yeah, Quokka Brew is Q-U-O-K-K-A and then Brew. So that's, that's <laughs> easy there. <laughs> Perfect. I'll make sure to include all that in the description to make it easy for people. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Well, Sahil, George, and Ofek, we really appreciate you guys joining us on the show, and we're really excited to see where you guys go with this. I think you have a huge amount of potential, and I'm excited to see how you guys reflect on this episode a year from now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait. All right. Thank you so much well, for having us on. No problem. Have a good one. Thanks, Adam. Bye. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode with the founders of Coco Brew and Sahil Gupta. If you guys are interested in trying Coco Brew, check out their Instagram at Coco Brew and their website, cocobrew.com. They're releasing a new beverage with oat milk in the near future, so stay tuned for that. If you guys haven't done so already, check out our website at thepursuitofficial.com to check out content as well as upcoming resources and blogs. We hope you guys have a fantastic day.